Hey guys, welcome on another episode of Love Thoughts with Sadia and to another episode on the mini-series of the SAS Conversation. I'm back again with another guest. Um, my guest's name is Dolapo. He is, um, well, I'm going to just let him do all the introduction himself, uh, but uh, I'd like to get his perspective on the SAS Conversation like we've been doing. And um, Dolapo, please just introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself so it gives the listeners some ideas to where your thoughts and opinions are coming from. And thank you for being on the show. Oh, hello, listeners. Anyway, my name is Dolapo Uthman. Um, I'm a clinical lab scientist um, in the United States Army, but I'm also a trained public health specialist, a specialty in epidemiology. Um, I have a little um, six-year-old daughter. I was born and raised in Nigeria, so I do understand um, exactly what's going on. Um, I, spent, I spent at least the first 22 years of my life in Nigeria, so I do understand the old SARS um, stuff. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that, that that's important that we also highlight mm-hmm. that. So I want us to kick uh, this conversation started with um, what your thoughts are uh, in general right now about the notion to end SARS. So this is looking at the end SARS um, cause itself, the cause uh, as well as the movement. And then uh, we can then look at what your thoughts are as to how the protest went as well. So just in general, what are your thoughts on ending SARS? Well, I think um, for a start, this is something that should have happened a long time ago. Um, I remember the mm-hmm. last time we had a movement similar to this. So the thing is, the whole idea is, at the, at the end of the day, it's not even about ending SARS at all. This whole movement is not even... It's the, the the SARS entity is like a tiny little bit of the of the whole decadence in the entire system of Nigeria, right? So, mm. like I can remember, I think twenty twelve that was when we had the first um the first um Occupy Nigeria, right? Occupy Nigeria started, and that started off of the removal of first subsidy, if anybody remembers. So, but at the end of the day, the fight went beyond first uh, first subsidy. And everybody now was now demanding for something bigger and better, right? Same thing with this old um, SARS movement. It started off as, okay, we want to end SARS or whatever. But I didn't, after like three, four days, people started demanding for, you know, accountability in government and stuff like that. And the reason why I said it, it's, it took a whole long time, from 2012 to 2020, that's a whole eight years. So it means, you know, we've been taking this same old stuff for eight years and something just had to happen to trigger this movement again so um, i was actually excited when, when i saw the whole thing you know like i donated i participated you on my social media you would think i, I was even in nigeria so i was fully mm. fully in support because at the end of the day right the only thing we have as citizens is the is the right to protest is the right to ask and demand for accountability from the people that actually lead us so I'm all in for it. A lot of people actually share the same sentiment. And you're absolutely right. Uh, it went beyond ending SARS. It was a general fight to end pro- police brutality, as well as demanding for good governance, which is something we have been demanding for for years. It's, it's crazy that it's the same cycle. Every mm-hmm. year in, year out, we're fighting for the same thing. We've been fighting the same Every generation in our systems for for years now and it's sad so it was a general outcry it was a situation where people were basically fed up and were like you know what 
we're going to demand uh, for good governance. And uh, it went the way it went. And I wanted to get your thoughts about the protest itself. Uh, do you think we should have done anything differently? Um, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I remember, I think the old thing started like around the 7th, the, the first week mm. of October. And uh, when I started seeing the old, you know, everybody talking about it, I, I, I think I put out a tweet. I'm like, when it comes to protest, number one, I'll, I'll give your listeners a little background. Um, I went to Lautec, right? I was an active member of the student union government. So I do understand protest, right? Number one, it's not even about the crowd. It's not even about you having thousands of people on the streets. It's whole, it's mainly strategy. It's you blocking the main, uh, what's it called, sort of income of the government. government. Because mm. the only thing they understand is money. And if you can eat them where they actually do make money, you don't even need crowd. You don't even need to be everywhere. You understand? So I put it to that. I was like, you know what? Well, let's start going to like, you know, the airport, you know, like the major leading to the airport. Make everybody uncomfortable. Because I feel Nigerians, right? One thing about the Nigerian quote-unquote middle class is that so long they can, they can feed themselves, they can do their nine to five, they don't care about anybody else. Nigerians uh-huh. are natural, mm-hmm. naturally selfish, especially the middle class. So it's, it's like you're comfortable with your own little self, but you really do not care about everybody else. And that is the major, major big problem that we have, that, that we have in Nigeria. So when you start, I'm like, you know what, I'll just put my own two cents to, you know, like as a Latex boy, we've done prot- protests when they increase, I think, the acceptance fee one time like that, that we have to storm the Senate building. You know, we can't let this happen. And, you know, after like, you know, a few days or I think four or five days, they reversed it. It works. Protest works. You know, if anybody tells you that, oh, protest is whatever, it, protest works. There's nothing that the government would do, right? And you're trying to reverse it. And you just want to use dialogue. No, they don't listen to dialogue. You have to fight. They, have, they want to see you, you know, show that before, before they actually do anything. So it was all, I think at first, um... It was very, you know, um, there was no central system. So the whole disorganization was was uh, was understandable. There was no leader, which is good. Mm. I supported the no leader thing. Because if there was, a, if if they had a leader, they would just, they would just kill those kids for, for nothing. Because I've seen protests where they had leaders and the government would just start picking up those leaders one after the other and they would just start eliminating them. So with, with no leader in sight, who are you going to pick? So they did very well with actually making everything open, making everybody the leader, and they call everybody. You can't, you can't arrest everybody at, at the same time. You understand? <laughs> so it's a very yeah. good strategy. I really, I really like the fact that, you know, for the very first time, I've seen protests in Nigeria for, like, countless times. This is the very first one that I felt like everybody was involved. Everybody contributed. Mm-hmm. You know, people were sending money from, all over the world to make sure it was, you know, it was everything was going good. I I felt the energy, you know, even from here. So, but I think the only mistake, right, that that I kind of like saw was the fact that, and it's a Nigerian thing. After a while, we lose focus. You know, the old the old partying. I'm not even going to lie. At first, it was good, but then. Mm-mm, I wasn't seeing that energy anymore. People were actually going to the protest ground just to eat, just to have a good time. No, you've already lost focus, you know? So 
they, they really did try. They really did push. They really they, they showed the government that mm. you know this present this current um crop of youth of Nigerian youth they can they can fund themselves. They can they can do things mm. you know and be self reliant on themselves. So I think that uh, that alone is a win for me. To be very honest, that alone is a win for me. And it might it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be a marathon. This is not just one thing that will start today and you know two months later it's done. This is, this is gonna keep going because the Nigerian government is so stubborn. They will keep arresting and the, uh, the movement will keep, you know, will keep going. So, you know, there are mistakes they've learned of, um, because I, I do talk to some of, these, um, some of these guys and I let them understand that, you know what, these are, this is what we can do better. This is how we can actually, you know, fix things. But it's going to be, it's not going to be a sprint. I don't expect the Nigerian government to actually, you know, accept at all or just be like, okay, you guys want five for five and done. No. They're going to fight. We've, we've known this government for so long. They've never done anything without a fight, without putting up a fight. You know, it's just sad that, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the energy is still there. I still see people still come together. You know, they're still releasing um, protesters even till yesterday. You know, so at the end of the day, it's, it's what it is. It's what it is. People as well, they have Yeah, I absolutely agree. I wanted to touch on a few things that you said. Yes, I'm total. I'm in total agreement about the idea of not having a leader because maybe this is me speaking as someone that is not much into activism because I just thought it was a general outcry by. You know, your people too comfortable. So saying long, we want you to um, answer us. So long, you don't so freaking need just, a leader okay to address. Whatever you ask, your people are saying we want this. So they you don't need a leader that, to address oh, to say, oh, what do you want? You know what we want. Get to them. Get These to the same work. people, they do, do what, who are we asking for? Hours. This is it. It's clear. And you we were all in this traffic There is a top down. It almost felt like the government has actually shut down business for They shut down business for months. You didn't complain. United. Now you're, 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 voices, you're trying to like, okay, look for excuses. I'm like, oh, you are blocking your, your, your major room for your business, all that kind of thing. For someone, a fight that will actually benefit um, you in the long run. People, I've, I've had a with you see what I'm saying? People are, Nigerians are so myopic that it just kind of like piss me the hell off. I will give you an example. I had a friend that actually told me the same thing. And I told him, like, no, let me tell you something. During the, uh, the 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 Montgomery um, bus boycott, right? It wasn't comfortable for it for thousands and thousands of black people, but they understood that this is a fight they have to do. That you know, for generations to come, they will make reference to that mm-hmm. fight. That oh, this liberty that we have today oh, is because some people stood up for for almost a year. It's not going to be comfortable when you're fighting mm-hmm. for something like this. You're not going to be comfortable. That's what Nigerians need to understand. You're okay if you're okay with if, if you're complaining that oh your livelihood is being affected, right? If at the end of the day, let's put it this way, let's hypothetically, right? This whole thing became uh, su- successful mm-hmm. and uh, 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 power in Nigeria, you know, gets better, right? Is that not is that not going to positively affect your same business? You know, so That's everything nice. everything is connected to each other. Like a fight for today, right? Is a fight for is to secure your own future. But Nigerians are, like I said, mm-hmm. are just so selfish. They are just so self-centered. It's me, me. So long my business is not affected, I'm good. But if it's impeding on my business, 
and you know i don't care whatever it is that you're fighting for that's mm-hmm. not how it's done and that's where the, defi- the division comes in because if you can't divide if you can't divide people with um uh, with, with their common with their common interest you look for loopholes like oh you know what they, i mm. can't even go to church anymore because of protest that's where you start from oh you know what mm. i can't I, I i couldn't deliver my goods today because of protest but you're, you're forgetting the fact that this same protest is all about about making your own life better you know it's not going to be co- i've Absolutely. never heard of yeah. any protest that is comfortable i've never seen one i've never seen one sometimes i remember during the NL- nlc days that we used to have all those all those fake protests that for like days they would lock every road. You can't even go to you can't do anything. Mm. You know, so when anybody brings up that argument, yeah. I just I just I just laugh. I'm I'm like, okay, at the end of the day, uh, you don't yeah. you don't want you don't want to be uncomfortable, but you want change. How is that gonna work? Tell me one change that has happened in the world, like anything that anybody has, has fought for that came without without uh, people being un- uncomfortable just tell me one that's definitely valid you're absolutely right and uh, at some point uh, like you were saying earlier um you know when some things got uh, a bit out of hands where pattern was happening and it, it, it was looking at some point that some people were just um going there just to jump on the bandwagon it was looking a little bit performative and that was my little concern uh from the inception as well i remember one of the first on the first day uh, of the of the protest i remember tweeting i hope this doesn't turn performative because we saw it happen with you know black lives matter as well especially brands just doing things so they say oh they do uh they're just being performative and i feel like we saw well i guess it's a human tendency um, it's always going to happen. We, we can't control that. Now, um, just for proper context, you don't live in Nigeria. In fact, you've been away for quite some time now. How important is this cost to you? You know, you could easily sleep in the comfort of where you are and just don't, uh, don't, don't even bother. But how is this important, like for us to everyone to get on board? including those in the diaspora how important is this course to you and do you have any messages to anyone else in the diaspora that's probably still quiet or doesn't know where to stand in the in this fight because i feel like we need allies we need everyone on board no matter where you are we need everybody on board for this fight um i think i think force in diaspora actually um should be the one leading this thing more because we've seen both worlds Mm. right We've seen Nigeria, which is, you know, um, a disorganized system. And we're living in a country where, okay, everything is fine. As in, we, we've seen what a country, how a country should be run. You understand? So that alone should even, should even trigger that. You know what? Actually, these people in Nigeria are actually suffering. They might not know because they've not, they've not, they've, they've not tasted a different system. You understand? And that's what that's what kills. I'm like, and it's not even hard, you know. It's not even hard. Is it power to have 24 hours power supply? It's not hard at all. It's not. It's not rocket science. We've seen smaller countries do it. You understand? And for me, the other thing is, I have a 16 year old. Um, well, he just turned 18 actually. I don't know why. Why I keep calling him a 16 year old boy? He just turned 18. I have, I have <laughs> an 18 year old uh, kid, but I he turned 18 like um, two weeks ago, right? He's six five. Six five eighteen year old kid, and I'm deaf. I wanted to buy him an iPhone one time. He was begging me not. To. Was like no, 
at first I didn't even understand why would why would this why would this kid reject an iPhone? I, I was like, no, he doesn't want an iPhone. Because at the end of the day, just just that device alone could put his life in danger. For an, it, it's just it, mm-hmm. it's just a kid. You know, so that's so those are the things I think about. I'm like, you know what? I understand that I can I can sit in comfort of my of my house and just like you know they are dealing with SARS in Nigeria. Let me just start my own whatever. But at the end of the day, it's it's all about humanity. It's we can spend. We, I've been I've been yeah. I've been out of Nigeria for ten years straight. I won't even go back in ten years, but I still feel connected because I, at the end of the day, it's still my home. It's still my home. I have I, I have my, my my dad is there. My brother is there. You know, my family is out there. It's all about humanity. It's all about you just feeling compassion. Like I said, most of us in diaspora should actually be the one to feel the most of this pain because we've seen a functioning system. We've seen how things are supposed to be. You know, like I had a friend that just traveled to the UK, right? Mm-hmm. I think um, a few weeks ago. And I'm like, I'm going to guarantee you something, right? You, you think what you're suffering. It is now that you're in the UK that you understand that you are actually suffering in Nigeria. You understand? It, it's true. Because you're in Nigeria, like, okay, there is, uh, I, I usually like to reference power supply because I feel like that's the most easiest thing to fix. But it has proven to be the most difficult thing ever. I'm like, now you're in Nigeria, you're seeing power supply for like maybe 18 hours a day or even 16 hours a day. And you've, you've, you, you're so excited about, oh, it has actually improved. I'm like, no, it is still bad because this is a service you're paying for regardless. You know? So at the end of the day, like I was really, really rallying um, my friends out here. Uh, and most of them actually turned you know, most are actually turned up with donations, with the way they articulate their voices and mm. stuff like that. Because we, 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 that's what we also have a role to play. Because these guys come to, the, they come abroad all the time. Let's start embarrassing them. And they can't do anything, they can't do anything to you at all. They can't touch you. So we can, we can, yeah. we can form that protective wall of, of subliminal protest and just play our own role. Let's find where they're having a conference. Go, embarrass them. Let them not be able to come without having to cover their eyes again. That's our... It's true. That's that's the the thing we can do. Those are the little things we can do to show solidarity to those back home. But it's... You know, we can't fold our hands. We can't be like, oh, um, I'm not affected. No. that's At the end of the day, you can have a pink passport. You can have a green passport. You can have a blue passport, whatever. You're still Nigerian. You still you still have that you know identity. You, that's not going away just because you are now a naturalized citizen of another country. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, I, I I've always known and thought that Nigerians we don't know what we deserve. Basic things that we deserve. Somebody would do would construct one mini road and come and commission it, and would you want me to be thanking them? My mm-hmm. own basic rights. When I pay taxes, come on. We don't even know what we deserve that these guys make our basic rights look <laughs> like favors. Makes them, they make it look like they're helping us, they're doing us a favor. And then it takes another perspective for you to actually realize, well, I was actually in a shithole. I mean, yeah. don't it know. Was right. no, no, maybe. maybe, right? He was right. <laughs> he was right. right. <laughs> 
He's absolutely right. And just imagine your brother already at that age having thoughts of, you know what, I don't want an iPhone because I don't want to be wrongly profiled. This is what we're seeing every time, this inappropriate profiling. I was just going to ask, do you know, do, do you have any stories of police brutality, uh, you know, family or friends no, or know. even you yourself? Know. I really do not want uh, a personal no. story. Because, yeah. Like I said, um, the only one I've mm. had I think I was actually like 13 and it was just um, this issue with this soldier when the same bus together, right? I was trying to get, get off the bus. He was sitting on, uh, was sitting by the door. So I mistakenly stepped on him. I was, I was only 13. Uh, so I looked up to him, actually even apologized before I knew he slapped me. You know what I'm saying? So this oh whole of police brutality right in Nigeria, it's, 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 it's not just a system, it's the individual himself, right? Because the Nigerian police is a product yep. of the Nigerian system, and the Nigerian system is a combination of, of individual Nigerians. You understand? So Nigerians are naturally aggressive, mm-hmm. you know, by default. Like it's like, oh, something is something bad is happening to me. Oh, let me now transfer this bad thing that's happening to me to someone else. So ease my pain. So do you know do you know what's funny? I was chatting with somebody. I was chatting with somebody uh, on this same conversation, and we were saying, I asked the same question: Have you ever been harassed? And you know. His response was, uh, no, no, I haven't, aside the basic uh, normal, the word, <laughs> and I quote, normal police extortion. And do you know, while I was speaking, uh, even I overlooked that um, statement. It was while editing and I was listening back and it's I really and said to myself, that's not freaking normal. There's yeah. no way police extortion should be normal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was so used to it that... The, the thing just went, I could not believe that um, because, you know, what, what I'm trying to have this conversation, I tell myself this is a conversation, it's not an interview. So I try to counter alongside and I, usually if it came to me, if I realized it, I would have said, well, that's not normal during mm-hmm. the conversation. But it totally, mm-hmm. totally, even I nodded along like, hmm, normal. Then while listening and I was like, while well, editing, I just realized that this man just said, he just said, this is normal police extortion, and that's because yes, it's been normal to us for too long. For, it's yes. what we've been taking. So now, just police stopping yeah. us on the road is a normal thing, and I'm just, I'm just sad. Like, and we, we're talking now about diaspora impact now, and uh, I remember I was having a conversation with um, someone in the older generation uh, as to this as well, and he said, you know, definitely the people in the diaspora also have a major role to play, uh, like you have said. Um, he is even saying we should start looking at electoral voting in the diaspora as well. I noticed that, actually, people in the diaspora mm-hmm. contribute a major part mm-hmm. of the economy. I can't remember the numbers, but I was watching it in the news some weeks ago where they said um, even the vice president was acknowledging uh, the contributions of the people in the diaspora. And I was like, if, we, if people in the diaspora have this much impact, or this much contribution to the economy, why are we not starting to look at other things? Do, do you uh, see yeah. a future for that at all? Because <laughs> Nigerian voting itself oh. right now, self is, is in well, a mess. Talk more of diaspora and voting. The thing is, that's, that's a good idea. Uh, I call it an idea because, number one, we have to fix the little things before we go on to the big things, right? The, the, the elections in Nigeria that mm. itself, without you know, technology or whatever, it's a, it's a it's a mess in itself. You mm. understand? Like people are voting, and you see the thugs come. You know, people are even scared to vote. Do you know? Do you know? 
Nigeria ranks like one yeah. of the lowest when it comes to voting turnout. And we have one of the, you know, we are the fifth most popular country in the world, right? But when it comes to turnout, we are less than 35%. 35% of Nigeria's eligible voters actually vote. And that's because people are scared. You know, you don't want to go to the um to the polling book because you know somebody might come with cutlass and just you know start you know, all that kind of stuff. So those are the things we need to fix first, right? Let voting be safe. Let's increase turnout. Let uh, get more people involved. Then we can talk about diaspora voting because at the end of the day, right? Diaspora voting, though, no diaspora voting, though, we are still electing the same set of people anyway. You understand? So those are the major yeah. issues because Nigeria's problem is. is 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 so much that we looking at you know all these more complicated things like you know that's why it's 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 just is yeah it's just to distract it. yeah the number mm, one thing when it comes yeah. when, it, when it comes when it comes to our electoral system is making voting secure let people be able let people have that freedom to be like you know what I want to go to the voting uh, booth today, and I'm, I and I'm, I, I can guarantee my safety. I can, I can say for a fact that I will come back alive. Me, I was even telling my own cousins during the last vote, mm-hmm. like, don't go and vote, though, because I know how dangerous it is. You understand? So they can, yeah. they can, they can start with the early voting instead of having to um to vote on that same election day. We can also in, we, can, we can we can also experiment with the mail-in voting. You know, but then that even that is an is an overstretch because our normal voting system is not even secure to start with. It's not even secure. I voted I voted once in Nigeria, which was my first war. I think that was in 2000, 2003 or whatever. And it was bad. It was so freaking bad because we're we're still in line before you knew like APC people came, PDP people came with like they were just chasing everybody all around. I was like, you know, that that's my last voting. I'm not doing it again. Mio Shemo. Mio Shemo is true. Ah, I, I love how it's true. I was just like, I'm, I'm me... no longer voting ever in this country. Never. I was so scared. And that's how it is. People had like I like I said, the turnout is so low compared to the United States, where about over 80% of eligible eligible voters vote. Yes, because there is no trust in the system. If you don't trust the system, you just forget about it. Like, you know what? Yeah. If I, I vote, or I vote, or people, do, uh, uh, we already know who will win, or we already know they will do Mago Mago, that kind of stuff. So we have to first make mm. sure there is a trust in that system before we vote. I don't, I don't care about voting. You understand? Like, that's why voting is, is nothing. Let's put that aside first. The people in Nigeria themselves are the ones that actually do. Uh, I would, I would like to uh, be able to decide their own future. The desperate voting in, in in America. Let me even use that, that one as an example. Let me let let let's focus on the military voting, right? Because they know for a fact that you are still at the end of the day. In two years, five years, ten years at the worst, you're still going back home. You understand? You're still going back home. You're just on a, you're just on a mission. You're going back to your country mm-hmm. because you your, your your country is okay enough for you to go back to. Right, most people that actually left Nigeria to travel abroad, um, I can guarantee you this: after five years, after five years, your mind is already is already is already getting off that country. It's already living. That's why you see a lot of cousins or family members are like, "This one has been in, in has been in Canada for thirty years. He hasn't been home. 
at first i used to be like ah that's that's even bad now it's my own turn i've I haven't been back home in 10 years you understand so my vote my say in in deciding the destiny of nigeria is has nothing to do at all with the 200 million people mm. living actually living there I, I, I like your perspective on that. I mean, I, I also thought it would be overstretching it because, I mean, we've mm-hmm. not even done the basics back home. And <laughs> if you know Nigeria well enough, you know that's a long, long way to go. I wanted to get your thoughts as well as to how you felt uh, about hmm. the presidential address. Um. How, how, does, how does it feel it- as a Nigerian youth? you know to to to, to watch it's, or it's have very very insensitive it's the most insensitive broadcast i've ever heard a nigerian president say or do mm-hmm. it's highly insensitive it addresses mm-hmm. nothing he actually made things worse he had um a, a dictatorial undertone you know it was it was as i was listening to a military okay. dictator period and that's what it is you know, it was threatening. Mm. It was um. It was just. It was just totally insensitive. It was just totally insensitive. Yeah, the thing is, and one thing about when it comes to police stuff, and it's it's global, right? And that's because the police system all over the world, right? They're like, it's a machinery that the government uses. You understand? So that's why you always find the government side with the police, regardless. Regardless, most government, actually, what is most, every government will actually side with their police system because at the end of the day, what that that's um, what's it called? It's like a cult. I'll use America as an example, right? Why was the police set up? It, 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 it's not, it's not, it's not really to protect lives and property. It's not, it's an agenda. The agenda is there. We know what it is. You understand? Same thing with the Nigerian police or uh, whatever. There's an agenda. They know what, why that system is being created to cover the loopholes of the so-called political and, and um, uh, the political class. So you understand? So you're not expecting the government to, to back down or to, um, to not support a system that they created to favor them. You understand? So it's, I wasn't expecting him to mm-hmm. even, you know, that's why if you, if you say that, oh, blue, blue lives matter, you know, it happens in the U.S. to like, oh, uh, police shot this person dead, but um, the, the police are also putting in their lives at risk. Nobody forced to be a police officer. You chose that mm-hmm. job. You know it's risky, but I didn't choose the color of my skin. Same thing with Nigeria. Nobody chose to be, uh, to be a police officer, but I didn't choose to be Nigerian, to be brutalized. You understand? Mm-hmm. It's, you see what I'm saying? So <laughs> it, it goes, it goes, in, and yeah. To be honest, like I said, I wasn't even expecting anything there because I knew for a fact he was going to side with the police because it went on and on and on about everything else. And at the end of the day, if you look at the entire script, it was more in support. It was more, it, it was showing more solidarity to the police than to the people. You know, which is, which is, is what it is. Uh, yeah. And, and then he tried to highlight his yeah. works and his it's, successes. It's and I'm like, is this the time? You you can't, you mean, condone with your people and show a little empathy and make us feel a lot safer? 
let, let, let's go on because <laughs> I'm trying to remain calm right now in the middle of this conversation. Um, another thing I think we saw is how we saw people rally around and we saw, for some reason, I felt like it gave me some sort of hope. I saw some sort of um, glimpse of hope there. It felt like Nigeria can actually work. Like we saw some of the things that were set up, the rapid response teams. Do you think... Uh, in in light of all of that, do you think Nigerian youth are awake? Because that's what it felt like for me. It felt like we were suddenly awake. There was this revolution. There was this awakening that we all just came into, and it gave us hope. And we just got that energy. What? Do you think we're awake? You know what? What, what are that's, we? Are we ready to take back um, our country? That's a very okay. So first and foremost, before I even say anything about that, I want to give huge huge credit to those to, to those ladies and if there's at if there's any time mm-hmm. at all in our entire history to understand that the future of this country lies fully in the hands of women ensas has already showed us that and that and that is what it is so the thing is women um we're used to something right we think every battle, battle is something we can actually do on our own but we fail to understand that the way women are conditioned, because you guys have, have been so used to fighting for everything that you, you now understand how to mm-hmm. fight better. Does that make sense? Like, women, women have to fight for the right to vote. They have to fight for the right... Yeah. They have to fight for literally every... To even exist, they have to fight for it. So they are mm-hmm. better and smarter fighters than women. And that's why if... This answers whatever was actually orchestrated by, by, by a group of guys. I can guarantee you, it won't even last two days. The whole system would have gone there because one, the ego will come in, the the need for you know a public face will come in, the need for a whole lot of things that yeah. will just be one setback, another setback, another setback. So to be very honest, I was I was impressed. I was impressed. However, we shouldn't get ahead of ourselves. The thing is, the you look at the proportion of those that actually want Nigeria to be good, right? And compared to those that actually, you know, are okay with the status quo, we, we still have a huge number mm. of youths, these same youths that still want this country to be the same because they're benefiting from, you know, the, if the thing is, like I said, there is no middle class. The, the 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 bad Nigeria is the more richer a whole lot of people get. They are benefiting from the old rot. Mm-hmm. Millions of people are benefiting from, from this old rot, from this old bad system. So the thing is, at the end of the day, we have to keep ramping up the number of people that actually want things to be better, regardless of mm-hmm. how bad it might it might be. Like, oh, mm-hmm. I don't have to, I don't have to, I don't have to conform to this system because I'm I'm trying to gain something from it. And that is what it is. That is what it is. And the whole internet thing make made everything easier because now someone in Nigeria, right, can actually tell you how good of a system another country is because now they're seeing it. You know, now they're seeing they're they're hearing stories from their friends. Mm-hmm. They're seeing it on TV, it's on social media, all that kind of stuff. So now they're getting more more and more sensitized, and that's what we have to keep doing. The job is not that. It's not going to be. To be honest, I, I, I mean, I'm only 32 years old, so I wouldn't. I'm, I'm, I'm even going to say, even my generation is not ready for. It's not even ready for this right now. It's, it's done, right? But at the end of the day, mm. by 2023, right? 
and this one number I was telling one of my one of, one of my political friends, and like by 2023, which is in three years' time, a 15-year-old right now will be, will be eligible to vote. A 15-year-old right now, most of them they are still in high school. Let's now start going to high schools and start yeah. letting these kids know that the Nigeria that you are right now, this is not how it's supposed to be. Because a lot of people are actually so insensitive to the system of Nigeria that the bad governance, right? They're not even mm. seeing it anymore. It's like you it's like you walking into into a, a, <laughs> exactly. a dirty or a stinking room every day. After a few days, you not even smell it anymore because your 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 nose is already getting used to it. And that's what's happening. So you need to start letting all these kids know that this guy or uh, police stopping you on the road and asking for money, it is not normal. You understand? It is not. So that's not from normal. That generation yep. upward, yes, I see. I'm very hopeful. But right now, all we can do is just start laying that mm. foundation. It's just start laying that foundation and start, you know, um, I think I saw it, uh, some pictures on social media a few weeks ago. Um, they were posting like these posters everywhere uh, about the government, you know, like um, their lawmaker is earning so, so, and so, and you're only, you know, earning like minimum wage and it's still not enough for them. You know, so let me put it because most market women don't even know these things. They don't. So by the time you start, you mm -hmm. know, sensitizing the, the entire population, making them understand that, you know, all of this is not normal. Their life is is supposed to be better than what it is right now. The government can should, can and should always do better. Then we can ramp up. We can have, have, have an even number of, you know, I don't want to say stupid people, but even number of people that actually want things to change <laughs> and those that want things to stay the same. But if you still have a higher number of people that want things to stay the same, the fight is just going to get tougher and tougher and tougher. You, you made my point exactly. My reservation as well, aside from people that uh, are benefiting from, from the rot, my reservation lied uh, with those in the grassroots, just like you've highlighted as well. Mm -hmm. There's so many people that don't even know what they deserve that they, 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 they don't care, you know, mm -hmm. um, when it's time to vote. Yep. You can give yep. them money and they'll vote for whoever. They don't know that it's right that they, they, they actually vote right. So, I mean, you you, you definitely have um, highlighted my point here. And we all saw how everything turned out at the end of the day, the events that uh, unfolded, uh, the looting and everything that happened. And we know that the common narrative is, oh, all of that happened because of NSAS protests, which I find unfair because you can't, hold people demanding for good governance, people legit doing the right thing, calling them or holding them responsible for uh, some of the bad that happened afterwards. You know, I just wanted to get thoughts a little bit um, to round up as the, the role fake news played in everything we saw, as well as the events that also happened afterwards, the looting, the violence that ensued in many parts as well uh i feel like generally there's going to be bad people in every situation mm -hmm. people that want to take advantage of the mm -hmm. tension that is already building in there so uh, i saw it as that and that's why anybody's anyone that says oh uh people hijacked the entire protest or uh, entire protest has caused all of this i'm just you know, I just don't have a response for you because there's no way you're mm -hmm. going to make me feel bad mm -hmm. for demanding for good so, so this And this is what you, you, you also notice about, you know, these people that are, but they are looting, they are stealing, they are destroying things. 
is that you understand that they actually pay more attention to the looting than to the crime that was actually committed by the Nigerian police force. So I'm like, if you're telling me, if you're if you're telling me now that, oh, you feel so sad oh, about the looting, but the lives of people that has been ruined, the business of people that have been ruined by this same system is not making you bat an eyelid, then you are hypocrite. That's what I just told them. Because now I'm giving you 10 minutes to talk about this issue. Mm. And you went on for about eight minutes. Oh, they burnt the whatever. They did this. They mm. did that. But I'm like, but they just shot three people dead. You can Even here in the, in the US, when they have like the whole Black, uh, Black Lives Matter protest, right? And I have like maybe some you know some white friends are like, oh, they're looting in Chicago. But I'm like, but dude, the a 14 year old boy was just shot there yesterday, armless. The pain. So you're you're, you're much more you're much more remorseful about properties than the life of a person. Then I can't have this conversation with you. And people that talk about looting, trust me, is just a way to to avoid having that deep conversation about the the rot that is actually going on they don't want to talk about it so what what do they and mm-hmm. uh, uh, in the event of the uh, what's it called october is it october 20th which was last month yeah it's been a month it's the government itself that instigated yeah. the violence these people were peaceful they were peaceful they they issued a curfew they went back on the curfew. it was all calculated they because they knew for a fact, so this is it, right? Let, 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 let me tell, tell you what happened. This is right. They understood that with what is going on, right, with the protest, especially in that lake, that thing can actually go on for a year without violence. It will be fully funded. People mm. will be going there to party every single day for the next three, six, five days. Because number one, school is school is on strike. You you poor, you poor already uh, you poor already uh, have asset strike go so people are jobless. Number two, even aside asset strike, the, the ones that have uh, that have degrees, that have um um what's it called diplomas or whatever, they are they are jobless. There's nothing, so they had nothing. People were actually going to the entrance mm. protest to eat three square meal on a regular day that that normally they can't even afford one square meal. So because. So what the government was actually looking for was that they didn't expect the old bank rolling of a thing that there will be funds. So when they started seeing that, ah, man, yeah. if we don't stop this thing now, man, like this, these people will be here for one year and nothing will happen. That was why they had to do what they had to do, which is sad, which is which is which is evil, which is which is absolutely evil. But they are not even asking for anything else. Other than you to just end this rogue unit, this unit that has gone rogue, and look for something else that will that will keep the lives and properties of people safe. You understand? So the whole looting is is mm-hmm. not is a that is it's not a conversation I even want to have with anybody at all, because we're talking about lives here. We're talking about people that have been like look at the uh, is it the yeah. Anambra Akus whatever. Over a hundred bodies where, that the, that the guy dumped in a river. Hundred bodies means hundred families that has been devastated. 
So if that doesn't move you, then you're 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 a hypocrite. You're a hypocrite. I have I have I've heard stories where some of like, oh, you the person only has like three hundred thousand life savings in his account. Sars will, Sars will arrest him, take him to the ATM. That life is ruined. There was this story of a of a guy that committed suicide because they they arrested him, couldn't let him close his deal. He was in debt. He had to kill. like, and these are stories that we that we're hearing. Though not the ones that have gone on that we can't even hear that mm-hmm. that the stories are not half at all. So the old looting, yeah. the old oh, they are destroying the. It, was, it wasn't the NSAS protester that burnt the um, the toll gate now. It was the army that burnt it with evidence because they know that they need to start selling this narrative to everybody else to paint this movement as evil to justify for what they have mm-hmm. done, which is not fair. It's it's one of the reasons why I deliberately left the Lekki massacre issue out of this conversation because I'm not even opening it up for debate. I don't care where you stand on it. Like, I'm not debating. Me having a conversation with you on it as in with anyone on it mm-hmm. is me mm-hmm. acknowledging that there's some doubt or there's some room for doubt so i'm not going to do that with anybody so i deliberately in everyone that has spoken to on this mini series i didn't mm-hmm. bring it up because i'm not yep. going to say oh did you think it happened because that's just insensitive because i'm uh, I, we freaking know what happened you can have your own truth we know the facts we know what happened. You can the truth is subjective in this case. You can hold your own truth. I hold my own truth. I know what happened. You can hold whatever happened. And I'm not about to disrespect or be insensitive to anybody's feelings that was affected or directly or indirectly by the incidents of that night by even opening up that as a as a debate or as a conversation. So I deliberately left it like anyways, it's been a great, great chat with you. I always love getting your insights. Even though the first conversation we recorded, I haven't still find a way, found a way to publish, uh, edit, and publish. Yeah. But it's always been, it's always a great chat with you, and I hope to have you back on on something else. Probably <laughs> something a lot more light, a lot more chilled. Because trust me, I want to start killing the agenda of talking about Nigeria's issue because I realized <laughs> I always talk about Nigeria's issue on this podcast and I don't think everybody <laughs> wants to come every day to come and listen to Sadia ranting about Nigeria. So, no. I'm hoping that this year comes to an end and I just take a new chill and come back with uh, next year by God's grace with a lot more chilled and a lot more uh, light conversations and I you hope to have you welcome. back on. Um, thank you so much for your insights here today. Thank you for your time. And uh, trust me, I will be reaching out to you. Hopefully, uh, sometime in the new year when I can think of something <laughs> a lot more chilled that is not affecting my mental health because Nigeria is definitely getting to me. Thank you for and, having me. Um, Thanks for having me.